beautiful people and beautiful minds and welcome back to another episode of Max Mind and Me. I'm your host McDonald Metzger. Today we delve into a topic that touches on a subtle yet significant aspect of relationships. Isolation from others. How one partner isolating the other from say friends and family can be a red flag it's an important conversation that we all need to have and and so i choose that uh, i decided today to bring this up and and so we all sit around um the virtual table and, and grab your cup of coffee or tea, um, whatever you choose to, to drink, um, or if you're driving to work or wherever you're coming from or whatever you're doing, find a place, um, grab whatever you need to grab and, and let's take this ride uh, together. Let's first start by defining isolation. What does isolation in a relationship mean? Isolation goes beyond physical separation. We're talking about one partner actively discouraging or preventing the other from spending time with friends, family, or anyone outside the relationship. It's a tactic that they might start uh, in a way that you might not even notice it, you know, passively, um, but it can have uh, a profound impact or effect on your relationship and on your mental health. So, I have been in a relationship um, or relationships before where I personally have experienced um, this type of isolation um, and I have been on the other side too where I have had some of these uh, narcissistic tendencies where I've tried to be manipulative and controlling and uh, isolated my partner um, from their friends, their families, um, people who are important in their life uh, because that way I felt like um, I had more control. Um, and what I could do whatever I wanted to do with them because um, they didn't have people in their life who were giving them a lot of advice or who could counter some of the things that I was doing because when I had full and total control of, of this person or when I had that control, um, basically my word to them, whatever I said to them, um, was like the gospel. They believed it, they respected it, and they did as I instructed. Um, and, and like I said, these are some of the narcissistic uh, tendencies or personalities uh, that I have dealt with myself uh, as a perpetrator. Um, 
and over time I learned when well when I started when I fell in love with another person and and the f switch flipped on me um, and I had someone on the other side controlling me and cutting me off from my friends and family um, and and the people who outside of our relationship that I felt uh, were important to me or are important to me um, I began to understand um, the impact of my own behavior on other people in my life who I have uh, isolated in the past. Let's explore the subtle signs of isolation. It could begin with seemingly innocent comments like, why do you need to hang out with them always? We have each other. Why do you always go to their house? Um, why are you always traveling with them? Why are you always on the phone with that person? Why you can just keep things private just between us? You're always telling your friends or your mom or your sister about what's going on in our relationship or in our marriage. These people don't love you. Whatever they're doing is just to control you. They're just trying to not see this relationship work or this marriage work. Your friends don't really care. They, everything you tell them, they, they gossip about you. So why you keep telling them what's happening in our marriage or our relationship? And there's just a lot of things that you hear this person tell you because they want to have absolute, absolute control over you. Now, these remarks uh, might seem harmless at first, but over time, uh, they contribute to a pattern of distancing from uh, your external relationships. Here is a, a Dr. Ramani, a licensed a clinical psychologist on isolation of a narcissistic relationship. A bit of a walk through the various patterns that comprise narcissistic abuse. We often talk about the narcissist, but what we don't always talk about is the fallout. And this is really sort of laying out systematically what happens in narcissistic abuse so that you have a sense of what if this applies to you? What if this doesn't? And you know, what, what how much of this pattern makes sense to you? All of these are patterns seen in a large proportion of people experiencing narcissistic abuse. Some people don't experience all of them. So today, we're going to be taking on the issue of isolation. And you know, before we go on, if any of you found that a narcissistic relationship has left you isolated, please drop it in the comments. I'd really love to hear more about that because I think we all learn from each other. And as always, if you're enjoying the content, please do subscribe. So let's talk a little bit about isolation. This is a relatively standard pattern in most cases of narcissistic abuse, but it can come about through some very different pathways. The first is what can often be seen in a controlling, malignant, even coercive relationship. The narcissistic partner deliberately and systematically isolates you. This can start gradually, Early on, love bombing, I feel such an intense connection with you. I want to spend every waking minute with you. Or they text you, what are you doing? Who are you with? What are you about? FaceTime me from there. I want to see where you are. Or they might tell you, stop working. I can support us both. 
Oh, what are you wasting all this time on school for? Just spend more time with me. I got this. That friend of yours, she doesn't have your back. She says some really shady stuff. I don't like her. I don't trust her. I don't think she's a good friend for you. Your mother doesn't like me. You know what? I'm not going over to her house anymore. She disrespects me. I don't even like you spending that much time with her. What are you, a mama's girl? Why do we have to have people over again? Why can't it just be you and me? And then you slowly lift your head and you find that you've become pretty darn isolated. And in some cases, your comings and goings are being carefully monitored and restricted. The other path, it's different. It's a path that's really littered with shame. You may start to sense this relationship isn't always quite right. Maybe even some friends and family see it and you try to cover it up. Maybe your friends and family even start saying something. I don't really love how he treats you. But you aren't ready to let the relationship go well, for many reasons. Perhaps it's trauma bonding. Perhaps because you're afraid of being alone. Perhaps because you don't want to start dating again. Perhaps it's the hope that it's someday going to get better. Perhaps it's the guilt about leaving or perhaps even guilt about even thinking anything bad about your partner. Maybe it's all of the above. But you do sometimes wish you had someone to talk to about this relationship because it's confusing. However, because you don't want to spill the beans and tell the truth about your partner and tell your friends or family how bad your partner's been, you don't say anything. And as a result, you may fall out of touch with all of these people because it's hard to see people you're close to and either not tell them the truth or you might be afraid that you're going to let something slip. The shame of what this relationship has become can isolate you further and further. There is the fear of the pressure that people might put on you to leave. But there's also the concern that if you tell them bad things about your partner, and the relationship does keep going or gets back together if you've broken up, that it will impact their view of him or her, your partner, or of you. And since you've been propping up this vision of your narcissist with your false narrative about your, them and the relationship, it can be scary to think that you would pull back the curtain and tell the truth and then have to face the shame of staying in the relationship with them, knowing all about how bad your narcissistic partner's behavior has been, that they now know it too. It can feel uncomfortable that they kind of know your truth. Then there's the third path of isolation, which is exhaustion. These relationships are really tiring. You keep trying, you try, you keep the house clean, you try to get things perfect at work, you try to make enough money, you try to ensure the kids are clean and out of the way. A narcissistic partner in essence, it's like having a really badly behaved child that you're not allowed to discipline. So just by dint of sheer exhaustion, you may get isolated because you haven't got time for anything or anyone else. People from narcissistic families really understand isolation. Sometimes your family itself is isolated, but it may also be that you didn't want to bring friends around when you were a child because of how your narcissistic parents or siblings or other family members behaved. Again, that's the shame. You may have felt you couldn't talk about your family or were just simply ashamed when you saw how loving families functioned and realized that wasn't how your family worked. 
your family may have also isolated you as well with strict rules and control, or you got stuck having to manage your narcissistic parents' demands, leaving you little time to go and make friends. The sense of isolation when you are from a narcissistic family is a theme that can often dog you for your entire life. Isolation is a typical element of narcissistic abuse. I've rarely seen a relationship where it's not an issue and it's quite bad for your mental health. At this point in history, we're living in the era of isolation and it's taking a toll on all of us. But the isolation experiences that are a part of narcissistic abuse are a unique issue because it may be self-enforced, it may be narcissist-enforced, your isolation. But even when you are amongst people, you may still feel isolated. The experience of a narcissistic relationship is something that not everyone understands. And more often than not, other people do gaslight you. People telling you things like, oh, it can't be that bad. Or if it's just, if it's that bad, why don't you just leave? Or maybe you guys just need a weekend away. Or if it's your family, people may say nonsense like, Ah, your mom or dad, they didn't really mean that. They don't mean to hurt you. Or they did the best they could. Or you shouldn't speak so badly about your family. It reflects badly on you. And all of this, all of this tribe gaslighting coalesces. And hopefully resources like this YouTube channel and other YouTube channels, books, support groups, and the other resources out there help you feel less alone. Millions out there are suffering with narcissistic abuse. I promise you, you do have a community. So what do you do about this isolation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say it. Number one, you know, therapy. It's one of the first steps to addressing social isolation. If therapy is not accessible to you, please consider online support groups or group therapy, which may serve as no cost or low cost options. You need someone to bear witness to your pain to help you cut through this isolation. If you are being isolated by a partner and it's getting severe, please consider exploring domestic violence resources and agencies near you. You can look up information online, but it is very important that you don't look up these resources online if the device is on a shared network like the cloud or it's shared iPads and phones where a partner could see it. Use a friend's phone or a work computer, but explore those resources carefully. You don't have to, thirdly, I want you to remember, you don't have to talk about your relationship when you talk to friends. You can just give them a non-committal answer. Oh, everything's fine with him. Everything's fine with her. We're fine. But talk, talk about them. Just check on them. Just the act of social contact could be helpful. Fourth, try and walk somewhere where you can be distanced, but at least you could see other people. Yeah, it can be loneliest when you're in a crowd, but if you can see other human faces, that can sometimes help. Number five, Find all of the narcissistic support resources you can. They are, they are they're here, there are social media feeds on Facebook and Instagram. There are good communities springing up all the time. That was uh, Dr. Romani, a licensed clinical psychologist, uh, talking about uh, isolation of a narcissistic relationship. Now, I don't usually do this, but I think um, because I'm still building this platform, um, 
I want to build on on what others before me have done instead of recreating um, or reinventing the wheel. There are a lot of information already existing and there are people before me who have dealt with similar issues and I want to build on that. Here are some comments that I think you will find really interesting um, from people who are either perpetrators of uh, these behaviors, these controlling and isolating behaviors themselves, or people who have um, experienced firsthand these uh, narcissistic uh, relationships. I'm not going to call names, but I'm going to read the comments. Um, I'm selected comments that I have. Um, one person says here that loneliness in court i used to think the worst thing in life was to end up all alone it's not the worst thing in life is ending up with people who make you feel alone and this is a quote that they posted from robin williams i'm sure many of you know robin williams um may his soul rest in peace and another uh person here wrote the shame of what this relationship has become can isolate you further and further. This is mental health scripture. Another person here says, I experienced a lot of isolation as a kid as a result of a narcissistic parent and it makes life very difficult. As an adult, because I never learned proper socializing skills or proper comfort in social settings. Um, another user here says, the worst part is when they isolate you from yourself. Um, another comment, I'm, I am isolated with a physically abusive narcissist, uh, but have gotten the strength to move six hours away from here. I will be gone from here in just two more days. I could not have done it without Dr. Romani. Also, Dr. Les Carter, YouTube channel. I'm going to make it out alive. Praise God. Another user says, I started self-isolating in order to get away from the drama. When I got on the path of self-healing, I realized I've lost a lot of dear friends and family. I'll do one more. Um, one more. It starts small, and before you know it, you're all alone and feeling completely helpless. I didn't even see he was isolating me until I was utterly alone, which drove me to stay and make things work, which is what he was going for. They use your sense of right and wrong against you, saying how you are a quitter or you're a bad person, or if you even uh, suggest giving up on the relationship. Dr. Romani is so glad you helped me see his actions for what they are. In all board letters, A-B-U-S-E, abuse. These are just snippets of uh, some of the many, 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 many comments under uh, Dr. Romani's uh, YouTube video here that I, um, I have shared uh, uh, snippets from in this podcast. Um, full credit goes to Dr. Romani, a licensed clinical psychologist. Um, thank you, Dr. Romani. Now, let's discuss the impact on the isolated partner. As the circle of connections narrows, the isolated individual may start feeling lonely. D 
dependent solely on the controlling partner for social interaction. This isolation can erode self-esteem and make it even more challenging for the isolated partner to recognize the unhealthy dynamics at play. Like you uh, heard me say from some of the comments that some people felt uh, they never really noticed it um, because it started later by later just as play, um, but eventually it, it became very, it turned into abuse and, 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 and with, with the help of uh, videos and, 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 and blogs and vlogs and, and, and podcasts such as this one now, uh, people people get to learn what things are. Uh, one of my favorite things I like to say is, you don't know what you don't know, right? There are a lot of things that even me here that I don't know, I have to read about or hear about for me to know, oh, this is what I'm experiencing, this is what this person is doing to me. I don't really know what's going on or what uh, what I'm experiencing. I know something is happening, but I don't know what it is. Um, and so by you talking or, or reading or learning, you know, researching, you might be able to find uh, some helpful resources um, uh, or even joining support groups, like Dr. Romani said, uh, they'll really help you to deal with uh, some of these controlling and manipulative uh, behaviors uh, from your partner or your loved one, quote unquote. Let's talk about control and manipulation. Isolation is often a tool for control and manipulation. It allows the controlling partner to have more influence over the isolated individual's thoughts and actions. By limiting external perspectives, the controlling partner gains more power within the relationship. Key words here to remember are control and manipulation. When people isolate you, what they're doing is they're trying to control and manipulate you. When they tell you that person is not good for you, that person is beneath you, we're not on the same level of that person, why are you hanging out with them? This person is destroying our relationship. Your sister is uh, interfering with our relationship. Your mom cannot get out of our relationship. You're always telling your family what's going on in our relationship. I don't want them here. We cannot live with your parents in the same house. I cannot live with your family member. I cannot share this home with your friends. Or your friends cannot come here anymore. Now, I'm not saying sometimes people don't have valid reasons um, for saying these things, but a good number um, of people, at least majority of the time, um, people are doing this just to have total, total control of you. So when they isolate you, when they disconnect you from everything that, that is important to you, from the people who also love you and protect you, that they can now play all the brain games. They can stab you in the back if they want to, and there'll be nobody to witness it. There'll be nobody to advise you. There'll be nobody um, to guide you.
breaking down barriers. Breaking down these barriers is very important. If you find yourself in a situation where you feel isolated, start by reconnecting with friends and with your family. Reach out, share your thoughts, and listen to their perspectives. They are there for you. There are people who are there for you. They're, they are part of your natural support system. Your family is family, whether good or bad. No matter what they, they are, poor or rich, they are your family. Breaking down the isolation is the first step to reclaiming your independence and breaking free from control. How can you rediscover independence? How can you find independence again? You break down the barriers and then you try to regain your freedom, your peace of mind. However, rediscovering independence is a process. It involves setting healthy boundaries, rebuilding external relationships and seeking support from friends or you may even take it to another level by getting professional help. Remember, you deserve to have a network of connections outside of your romantic relationship. Get help. If you suspect you are in a situation of isolation, my advice to you today is get help. Seeking support is vital. Reach out to friends, reach out to family, get professional help. Get help from people who can provide guidance. Remember, not people who can tell you what to do, but people who can guide you along the way. A mentor, a coach. Always remember, you are not alone. And there are resources available, like Dr. Ramani's podcast, um, um, YouTube podcast, and even this podcast. Um, I'm not an expert in this area, but I'm always trying to share my own personal experiences as I've been a person on both ends of the, the spectrum here. I have been a perpetrator um, of, of this. I experienced this as a child. Um, as a young person, I was socially isolated um, by my parents. Uh, they were very overly protective. Um, and today when I uh, go into social settings, uh, sometimes I become what people call socially awkward. Um, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, I'm a social drinker, so sometimes I will have to get, you know, a few glasses of uh, whiskey before I can really open up to people in my circle. Um, or sometimes I'm relegated to the end of the room where I'm sitting talking to um, someone or two people um, because I don't want to be, you know, talking to all the other people um, in the room. I like to say I'm at the mid-range of an introvert. Uh, you know, people don't think I'm an introvert, but I have some introverted uh, tendencies um, or personality. All right, enough talking about me. But remember that if you find yourself isolated in a relationship, find ways to break that barrier and get some help. So... As uh, we wrap up today's episode, I want to leave you with this. Healthy relationships thrive on open communication, trust, and the freedom to maintain connections beyond the partnership. Isolation is a red flag, and 
recognizing it is the first step toward creating a healthier, more balanced relationship. Thank you for joining me on this important exploration. If you found this episode valuable, please subscribe to this podcast or share it with someone who might benefit from it and connect with me on social media at McDonald Metzger on Twitter, um, on Instagram and on Facebook. Remember, your mind is your own and your connections with others should enhance, not diminish your individuality. Until next time, this is McDonald Metzger, Max Mind and me. Take care and be kind to yourselves.